0: The new issue of Film Comment is out September 1st, featuring a special section on the 57th New York Film Festival, including Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, Pain and Glory and Pedro Almodovar on his literary inspirations, Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story, Angela Shanalek's I Was at Home But, and Cornelio Poramboyos' The Whistler. Support independent nonprofit film journalism today at filmcomment.com.
1: Hello, welcome to the Film Comment podcast. This is another day in our Venice Film Festival series. My name is Nick Ripold. I'm the editor-in-chief of Film Comment uh, and I'm very pleased to be joined by Justin the- Chang, film critic for the Los Angeles Times. It's good to be back with you. Yes, always. absolutely. Um, we, we had you on in can I think, and yes. then did we also grab you in Sundance or did we not get you there? Right. I, can't I can't remember if I was <laughs> it's kind of a blur Maybe a I was, yeah. I certainly we... tried, we probably try but it's more we'll or less impossible. Again. But uh, pleased to have you here now. You. Um, and already you know, we were just talking that this is a festival that it, it kind of will have these bursts of activity, and then you'll kind of have these longer is a little bit where you're just kind of processing everything. Um, but what was, what has been your sense of things, uh, so far? Yeah, it's Venice is a,
2: one of the things I like about Venice is the pace of it. Um, it's, I think of it as can minus the madness. Uh, (laughs) the program is, um, usually about as interesting and, um, but there are lulls, there are, there are times when you can catch your breath. Mm-hmm. The screening schedule is usually, usually very manageable. And you know there are yeah. two big things a day maybe. And you can catch up with them later if you don't see them that day. So that's been kind of my Venice. My, my sense of the festival so far has maybe been a little blurred because I haven't gotten to see as much as I would like. I'm here <laughs> in part leading a an LA Times expedition of mm-hmm. of readers. Um so there basically it's a tour group where many people are getting to um get a pass to the festival and see the films and then we discuss mm-hmm. them in the evenings. So and it's been a wonderful experience. Yeah. But um you know between that and and yeah. like you you know covering the festival it ha- I, there have definitely been things that I've missed. Yeah, you have that to balancing your to time between those. For too. sure. Yeah, but know as, yeah. as we all have to do always.
1: Um, but it must be a nice, a bit of a nice change from like the kind of trade pace of like
0: turning oh on God, every yes. every single film, which is what you were I doing still, before. Oh my gosh,
2: yeah. yes, and I still. It, it's funny you you sometimes feel a little. I don't know if it's nostalgic, but you you want. I miss that sometimes because I mm-hmm. talk to still my my dear friends who work at the trades and they're dashing off to file their reviews within (laughs) three or four hours after the first press screening. And, uh, and it's completely just, it's so intense and it's, and it's horrible, but there's all, it's so invigorating too. And sometimes I miss that, that kind of the, the, it's tricky because the Insta reaction, uh, syndrome that sets in at festivals like this, as we know, can be a scourge. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, some of my colleagues who do like Guy Lodge for Variety, Jessica Kang, mm-hmm. um, David Rooney at The Hollywood Reporter, they're, they're such great critics. Um, they're, they write so quickly on deadline, but so well and so authoritatively. So uh, we all just, it's, it's nice, though, to have a little bit more time to digest. I'm writing a few things for the, ti- for the LA Times, but... Um, yeah. uh, except with the exception of joker which i know uh, is yes. we're going to lead off our discussion we with are. inevitably that was the only thing like get that joker piece like in right away that's other right. than that take your time yeah. you know and it's like which is nice uh, yeah. and understandable yeah
1: well that's that's a good way for us to jump right in yeah joker seems to create its its uh, its own demands like a kind of picture yeah. um, that shot from um you know, his girl Friday, where all the journalists run to the phone booths at once, <laughs> <and> <laughs> falls over. That's kind of what just happens again and again. Exactly. I think. Um, so, Joker. Um, I'm going to be cruel and say, yeah. what did you think? <laughs> oh God, I know. <laughs> okay. Well,
2: it's funny. I, um, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's unusual to see a movie like this in a festival like Venice, and it's going on to Toronto after this, and the fact that they are. Positioning this in this way clearly sends a message that okay, this is obviously a a more ambitious, a more artful kind of uh, comic book inspired movie than you are typically used to getting, and um, so this movie is very much telegraphing its its seriousness or its serious mindedness. Um, I am maybe dodging the, your question a little bit <laughs> you're framing, I, you're I have framing to, the debate I, I am framing the debate I'm just trying to ease my way in because i wrestled yeah. with this movie i i yeah. have to say i laid out i i admired the movie very much mm-hmm. um in ways that i almost didn't want to because i have not been a fan of the director todd phillips mm-hmm. and the, the question of whether what he's worth what he's doing is worth doing is one that's worth Posing. That's an interesting way of um, putting it. Yeah. But I think he does it really well and with mm. a control and a level of concentration that um, I truly didn't know he had in him. It's interesting because people are, you know, rightly kind of wowed by Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Not everyone, of course. Some people really mm. hate the performance and hate the movie, but um, a lot of people are wowed by it. I think it's impressive. I. I sort of knew Phoenix had this in him just because I've loved him as an actor for yeah. so many and he is just a specialist in in playing tortured souls, maybe not all of them quite as tortured as, as this one, as yeah. this character. But what he's done, you know, with Lynn Ramsey and with Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, I kind of knew he had this in him, but I didn't know that Phillips had this in him, to put it that way. And so mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of this, you know, unholy collaboration whereby they've yeah. taken the Joker, one of the the great iconic Batman villains and given him his origin story, a very uh, psychologically rooted and fleshed out origin story yeah. uh, grounded in realism in, in a way that, you know, it, which will remind people of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. And those were, you know, made quite a show of their realism as well. But this one is much more small-scaled and intimate and uh, obviously indebted to Scorsese's 1970s films about New York, and this movie's Gotham City is very much inspired by that. Um, So it was, you know, I am still turning it over so much about, you know, what, you know, the whether it's just even just the violence of the movie, which is, I think, very, again, very controlled and, and yet disturbing in a way that, uh resonates with the zeitgeist right now to say the least and it's Mm. it's interesting because the movie is i think banking on that and it's banking on that It, it, it speaks a lot to it's the movie is set in early 80s but it speaks very much to to 2019 and i think the question that's kind of arising around the movie is is that does that make the movie relevant or does that make it irresponsible in terms of who is going to respond to this movie and are they going to respond to it for the right reasons. Right. I I walked in, you know, not really wanting even to like the movie because I really <laughs> did kind of hate the idea on paper. It's like I yeah. was not clamoring for this movie. Um and I yeah. walked out uh sort of Tentatively, very impressed, you know, and, and I'm curious to see it again, and and yeah. that takes up. But what did you, yeah, think? <laughs> yeah, I was
1: I was just quickly looking at my notes when you were talking about when when it was set because I was trying to remember if there was actually like a date line or something at the beginning. I don't remember if there if there was, but it is definitely. I mean, you're, it is definitely supposed to be around that period, but I, I don't know if there was. There is.
2: I, I think I actually missed. There, it identified October the, the month October, of October, yeah. but yeah. I wasn't sure. But then in the movie, um, there is. A theater marquee that shows um, oh right blowout blowout among and 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 something else which I'm not remembering right now but um so it's that kind of pigeon and it's right and it's interesting too that the level of um period <laughs> authenticity I guess which is something yeah. kind of new for a movie like this right. to be set in the past and very specifically in the past and maybe they don't yeah. have the dateline but there's yeah. um the level of of popular culture even you see in the movie and you see uh you know. There's one point where the character goes to see modern times and it's, you know, and it's just, it's interesting. So the, you know, the movie I think is, again, and again, all of this serves, I think, to telegraph its seriousness of intent by embracing realism and by, even though Gotham City is a fictional place, um, uh, it's, it is the, the modern metropolis that is, and, and it's, you know, as, as it appeared back then yeah
1: yeah no it's interesting to think about how the movie is 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 portraying the city and someone asked me the other day like well i guess that would be yesterday but (laughs) what did i think about new york in 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 the movies and new york in this movie and i mean what struck me about joker is that it's very much a movie new york i guess that that might be go go out saying but it's like it's it the movie its imagination of new york is very much second or third hand in the sense that it's filtered through the imagination of very openly of taxi driver and so that which is already a kind of slightly heightened experience in new york um and but i was really struck just how much it was it was it was kind of cutting and pasting from that movie and then um just little little markers from the from the period but yeah but with with the taxi driver thing it's like you know even a lot of the run-up of the beginning and, and the kind of you know being in a job like the kind of greek chorus of the people who work there the the guy the, the his co-worker who's basically the peter boyle character yeah. who like looks after him except isn't really looking after him um yeah. is is uh is the same even if he doesn't like you know reference bertram russell um the, so it, it's it's it like it is and it for me it was and it wasn't um a, a new york it's like you know, and 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 then there are the usual things you can point out that, like, don't really quite fit. Right. But it really was a movie New York, and, and in that sense, that's how it was also, like, a, a comic book New York. I mean, it's interesting to compare with, like, the 89 um, right. Batman, for example, which is very openly, like, a comic book, and a comic book Gotham. Like, that was the most effective of many of the movies in terms of imagining someplace that was just, like, city, capital C, you know, like... You know, the city in like a Murnau movie—it's <laughs> just exactly. city, you know. Um, I mean, the the mayor in that movie looked like Koch, so that was funny. But um, in this movie, I didn't—I didn't quite have have that sense. But at the same time, I totally agree about like the, the pop cultural detail yeah. is is so vivid and maybe speaks to how you remember things most vividly. Are sometimes the pop culture markers? Um, I mean, Robert De Niro being like a facsimile of a kind of like you know of, of host um some of the trappings like the rainbow curtain of like johnny carson but i don't know maybe he's more like merv griffin or something i don't know you know but anyway
2: and the name murray frank murray franklin kind yeah of it, it sounds all the, all R- the names yeah. all the
1: names are like these portmanteaus of like of like different yeah. like you know the. um yeah what is the franklin actual franklin show um the, joe franklin joe franklin was one actual show right. um, anyway yeah but I'm probably dancing around the fact that, actually, this movie <laughs> yeah. um, got increasingly frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, i also big admirer of, like, Joaquin Phoenix. And to the an extent, maybe I I kind of set him up too much to, like, be impressed by him. Because, for me, one of my favorite performances is probably, like, maybe one of the showiest, which is, like, uh, The Master. Yeah. Um, where he kind of turns himself into, like, this, like, bird-like, you know... <laughs> Bird, you know like creature from history I love that movie because it's about exactly the guy that you would never see in a history book Um, and so in this one it felt more routine almost like a routine kind of study of like as they keep reminding you again and again almost like an insurance policy against anyone saying this stuff should be imitated a person with certain like psychiatric problems you know Um, and not to compare, but like, yeah, I thought Heath Ledger's performance was better. (laughs) I'm actually really, Nick, I'm actually really refreshed to
2: hear you say that because I think people are going the opposite. And here's the thing. I I, I do like the performance. Um, and, uh, people are saying, you know, the Joker could have two Oscars by the end of this season. (laughs) You know, everyone's going to, you know. Meryl Streep is gonna want to play the Joker next. Um <laughs> it's just gonna become a, a, a cottage industry. I think um, you just caused something to happen. This
1: is <laughs> this is now a Philip K. Dick novel, and I think you just caused that to happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen.
2: Um but it's true and but it's an interesting contrast with that because I do love um Ledger's performance. And it, in a way they're total opposites because the Ledger is a is a supporting character in that, in The Dark Knight, and he um he is what's so effective about that performance which is very sparingly used mm-hmm. is that he is this purely anarchic force mm-hmm. um that has n- that ma- throughout the movie is making fun of the idea that we can pin him down psychologically mm-hmm. and this movie is sort of doing the opposite which is right. you know, even though there are very much layers of ambiguity and layers of delusion to this the movie is quite Actually, you know, f- fairly rigorous even in terms of showing, okay, this is how, there, there are many explanations, but there, this person can be explained. And so there are two different approaches. I mean, I, that is obviously just what happens when you take the villain and you make him the anti-hero. Um, mm-hmm. I am impressed by Phoenix, uh, but I do think that, you know, and and not to focus too much on the awards uh, banter, but you, can't, you it's hard to get away from it, you know, because people are talking about it so much in those terms. Um, it does have the feel of okay, this is the movie. Phoenix has been a brilliant actor for years, mm-hmm. and in movies like The Master, and even though he was, you know, he was recognized for that movie, or in You Were Never Really Here, where mm-hmm. is such an unshowy performance, a p- depiction true. of trauma, and yeah. it's like he just empties himself out yeah. in that movie in a way that is quite haunting, I think. And in here, it's much more actorly. It's much more, you know, you see he. You know, he shed fifty-two pounds for the role, and you see his bones protruding from his frame, and he is yeah. just so emaciated. So it's very consciously acting with a capital A, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah. And so it's it's the kind of thing where the actor maybe gets recognition not for their best work, but for the showiest and in the yeah. the role, the the movie that is going to clearly hit the zeitgeist in a way. That said, I I do think that this is better than some stunt performances i've Mm -hmm. seen because i i don't know it's weird when you see it's not like i don't know a a beautiful actor uglifying themselves or Mm -hmm. something for the for the sake and 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 being applauded for their bravery there is something that phoenix just brings i i don't even know if he's working that hard in this movie i mean i mean (laughs) yes yes he lost all that weight and stuff but he just you know his his physiognomy his he he, yeah that's interesting you know and there's 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 interesting ways in which the role does feel shaped to him and, you know, the trauma that he's endured Mm -hmm. uh, that when he I won't give away at this point, you know, when he and Robert De Niro as Murray Franklin have their thing. I flashed back to uh, his uh, stunt with when he appeared on Letterman and I'm still here. And that was it that had this kind of uh, astonishing meltdown on or not really a meltdown, but just this astonishing stunt appearance on, on TV. So the movie is very much, I think, in conversation with just Joaquin's persona, and he. Uh, so, the, but and because of that, there's a there's an extent to which it does feel like he is living and inhabiting this role in a way that it's more than just something he's kind of putting on, right? Yeah. Um. And so I I I do ap- appreciate that about it. Yeah. But but the movie itself too. I mean, you were saying just how you know frustrated you and i i I think i know what you mean but yeah yeah, yeah. no
1: no i mean uh, i see what you mean i mean it's 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 just it just felt very calculated you know and and i just didn't feel like i didn't know what the next beat was at, at any given time and not really not really creating like any kind of that wasn't like um energizing or dread dread inducing in any way it just felt kind of sort of Plotting and predictable, inevitable, like like an origin movie often is, which is that okay. You, often the kind of movies people often say, okay, you have to get through this, and then you get it's really to set up. I still kind of felt that way with with yeah. this one, and because of a lot of what was was interesting about it, like on a more like overtly artistic level was basically borrowed stuff, you know, or, or repurposed stuff. Yeah. There was a kind of hollow feeling, um, and kind of calculated feeling to it somehow. That was frustrating for me. The
2: sense of the inevitability of it. And this, like we know how this is going to end in a certain way. Maybe not yeah. exactly the, the scene, it, the, but the precise beats it's going to hit, but he is, we're watching a transformation, a decline, a, a rise and fall, or a actually rather a fall and a rise, I suppose. Right. And, um, he, and I, I this sort of—I'm still turning over in my head just even just the violence in this movie, um, which is uh, pretty extreme and yet not you know not necessarily rubbing your face in it. But it's—it's it's, there are moments here that are extremely unpleasant, but and and shocking. But you always see them coming from right. like mm-hmm. a mile away or or five minutes away even. Yeah, and it was frustrating at the time, and I'm I'm still turning it over in my head whether I'm whether that bothers me or whether it's making a point, which is um the kind of delayed but inevitable uh transformation that he's going to undergo where each yeah each each murderous act or whatever brings him closer to to who he finally becomes yeah um and the way the movie is sort of playing with you and and sort of like pinning you down and making you squirm a little bit yeah whereas i think what i maybe would have liked from the movie yeah is a sense of un- that unpredictability the sense that perhaps it could go another way or perhaps that mm-hmm. but I don't know how you make that I don't know right. how you make that when the ending yeah. is so I, I think what I came down to is that the movie is so fatalistic and mm-hmm. uh, and that's compelling but maybe only up to a point
1: yeah I don't know. yeah no um, I, it, 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 it's true I mean when you openly have a movie about how this character came to be it just makes it very purpose driven in a way that kind of limits what it's it's gonna do um, and the violence I I I think it was maybe the shock of it sometimes. Um, it, somehow it was could be expected, but also a little shocking at the same time. But that also was, was a little calculated. I also wondered how they might have dialed it down here and there, you know. Um, and it's a movie that I think has a calculated shock to it. And in, in, in that I was talking to someone else who was observing that like, part of what could be unsavory about this period is... is, is, is and any period, obviously, in American history is race and how a movie like this deals with race. And I feel like this is a movie that weirdly manages to um, erase the, the, the race aspect of, of the city um, at the time and beyond um, to the point that people are wearing you know, masks at a certain point. Everyone's wearing masks. Um, and I don't know what I thought about that. It seemed like, because ultimately what happens is... is I don't know how much to talk about this movie. I'm, I, I mean, I'm thinking, I don't know, this reminds me of another movie. I'll just say that it's a movie that like taps into V for Vendetta, too, as mm-hmm. well, you know, which is yes. not a movie you want to tap into. No, it's true. <laughs> um, and it, it manages to streamline its notion of like the shocking and the revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and the notion of anyone calling this a masterpiece, I think, is 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 a little grotesque as well. And and, um, and that happens here a lot with movies. It does, and, yes. But especially to happen with this movie, I think is pretty bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, even as I admire parts of it, and I just want to give a shout out before I forget to like some of the extraordinary film artists that work on this. Definitely. Like Mark Friedberg, production designer. Um, this is like a you know fun house mirror to wonderstruck which he did the production design right <laughs> too to. yeah, um, no. but at the same time i have to say that i preferred his production design there in terms of talking mm-hmm. about like a s- urban realism like the one shot in wonderstruck um where um the the, the boys gets off the bus and is in 42nd yeah. street that one shot and the oh, humidity in the air yes. is is one of the most the texture. i know exactly yeah. the moment you're you talking know what I mean?
2: about the texture you feel the heat it's yeah and um, this yeah. movie, you don't get quite that atmosphere, but it's it's a beautiful looking movie, even when it's showing you very very ugly things. Yeah, um,
1: I mean it's it's seductive in the sense yeah. that it it almost it pretends it's giving you something real and gritty. I think that's what bothers <laughs> me. It's not that I'm expecting this movie to be, you know, sure, to, to, you know, to be. But like,
2: you feel in some ways it's like even the um, the realism is a bit of a. It's kind of a. a it's like a realist drag in a way, sort of, right? I guess, and it's sort of—it's of, it's very—it's a kind of it has a sheen to it. And I, mm. I, I, I know, and it's there's a scene where he, sort of after the Joker commits his first major uh, act, mm. um, he goes into this bathroom. I can't, and it's 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 a really I, I'm trying to remember the scene. It's a really nasty looking bathroom, but it's also beautiful, <laughs> right. like this green, <laughs> this toxic green glow, the yeah. lighting, which is a little Fincheresque, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. He, the the movie is s- certain scenes are suffused with this light and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um so it, yeah, there's a lot of craft on display for sure. Um yeah. I am completely yeah, I it's I I I don't know if I say I look forward to seeing it again, but I feel like <laughs> there is still there is a lot to say yeah. about it. Yeah. Um and even th- if it's yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's it's um yeah, and also like uh, Mark Bridges, is a costume designer of this, who oh, did Phantom it's custom, Thread, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's kind gorgeous. of funny to think of these people, yes, <laughs> working on this movie. I mean, it's true. More power you feel them? that they've I used guess. their
2: having worked with you know people like um you know uh, Todd Haynes and P- PTA and <laughs> yeah. turning their talents in a in a perhaps unworthy way, and yeah. as, as some people might might find it to be so, but yeah. um, but it is. They did see you no. Know, they clearly enlisted. Top people yeah. to bring this vision yeah. to life, um, and you can't deny the the sort of perverse beauty of it. I guess, yeah. um, even if um, yeah,
1: well, but we, um, I don't want to take up all the oxygen yes. in the room with this. Um, but obviously, people were curious, um, sure. um, and I, you know, I think it's good to have a bit of a dialogue about it because one thing that frustrates me about this movie and maybe other movies a bit like it is just the kind of violence of, of reactions on um, to, mm-hmm. to, to any. Any sort of opposition or anything oh, construed completely. as opposition, yeah, no. which yeah is 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 a kind of you know r- rhetorical violence um, that shutdown. It really is, and of course by people who have not even
2: seen the movie yet, yeah, but who absurd. are you know they know it's a masterpiece anyways. So you know who can argue with them?
0: The new issue of Film Comment is out September first, featuring a special section on the 57th New York Film Festival, including Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, Pain and Glory, and Pedro Almodovar on his literary inspirations, Noah Bombach's Marriage Story, Angela Shanalek's I Was At Home But, and Corneliu Porumboyou's The Whistlers. Plus, film education, Piotr Shulkin, fake movies, remembering John Singleton and Rip Torn, and much, much more. Support independent, non-profit film journalism today at filmcomment.com.
1: Another film that's... Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I won't introduce it. But let's just say, you know, that the festival sh- shows some films that people objected to um, yes. because of, uh, you know, um, f- based on certain arguments. And uh, American Skin uh, is, is one of those, directed by Nate Parker, um, mm-hmm. who d- uh, directed um, Birth of a Nation, which was at Sundance and very uh, admired and fetid. Uh <laughs> So, uh, of course, until there were... S- you know yeah. um established news was was brought to light, brought to light about, uh, about um previous rape applica- accusations that right. he
2: had uh received in he, in college. He was uh accused of rape as a college student uh mm-hmm. in 1999 and he was um acquitted um and then years later his accuser died in apparent suicide so he is uh, and that that the, the the resurfacing of that um those events, uh, you know, really, of course, made him. Uh, and this was pre-me too, also, but made him newly uh, toxic in Hollywood. And you know, really, uh, the film *Birth of a Nation*, which many had um, had 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 acclaimed and predicted would would be a hu- would the movie pretty much tanked, and um, and is not particularly well regarded mm-hmm. in retrospect. Um, although I, it's funny, Nick, because I, I am still I. I don't love that movie, but I admi- I still admire much about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, so I'm probably one of the, one of the more favorably inclined critics toward that movie. Um, and someone who thinks that, you know, and Nate Parker, you know, who is a, I think a very good actor and starred mm-hmm. in that movie. And he stars in this new one mm-hmm. too, American Skin. But yes, which we're getting to, premiered here in Venice um, outside the competition. Um, and, um and it's being presented by Spike Lee and who I believe hmm. is going to will have done a, a Q&A with um with with Parker I believe that's the case. Oh, I didn't realize that. Being, I, okay. He or at least he's he's presenting the movie here. Uh-huh. Um and and giving it his his support.
1: So but yes, um, so <laughs> well, maybe just tell us about it because, maybe you know, it's it's a movie that might have flown under the radar for some people. At the same time, anyone who was aware of it I was very aware, very aware of very it.
2: Aware of it. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because Venice is, you know, and people have been attacking the festival for giving this film mm-hmm. a platform in much the same way that they've attacked uh, oh, yeah. for for giving Roman Polanski's film a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, although this and but it's this one is a is it's outside the competition. The one. The first press screening was in one of the smaller rooms in the festival, and mm-hmm. I had to get in line very early oh, yeah. to get it to guarantee a seat. Mm. I really, really did not care for the movie, um, mm. and it, which is, uh, and sort of, and I don't want to get too much to talking about the Polanski. I don't want to get lost in in comparing the two because there are there are differences, but it is interesting to me very briefly that both directors came with films that are centered around trials and around. This idea of, of vindication and this idea of writing injustice hmm. in ways that are you know people will see these movies eventually I think and 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 perhaps find them self serving in mm-hmm. because is the director saying I am the innocent one who should be you know right. who needs to be vindicated perhaps so but with with American Skin Parker is basically telling the story of he he plays a um, a man who's um, whose fourteen year old son, um, you know, fourteen year old African American son, of course, is fatally shot by a white police officer um during a when he and his dad are pulled over by cops and, and the son is shot and killed. A year later, a documentary crew has started filming his story, so the whole movie is shot in a kind of a mock documentary kind of way. Mm. Which I don't know if this explains some of the just the clumsiness of the filmmaking because is the mm. movie trying to simulate being shot by a a, a student a a very young filmmaker who doesn't know what he's doing (laughs) because there there are (laughs) things that are you know there's a the the way the music is used in a really heavy-handed way Hmm. even just the editing the 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 kind of you know it's it's almost it, it feels it's one of those movies that it felt it feels like a Cloverfield movie at times, th- where it's like this is like the, the fifth Cloverfield movie where they're <laughs> picking up the cameras and just saying like "I'll oh, keep filming," but uh-huh. it's shot together. It's cut together in a way that's too fluent that the illusion never really takes okay. hold, and so it just feels like a a jittery movie rather than uh-huh. a true like mock, which would which would actually be more clumsy. Uh-huh. And Nate Parker's character, um, when the police officer is nothing. Of course, happens to the police officer. There's no no punishment mm-hmm. and no no. There's no justice, and so he. And his, some family members and friends take the police station hostage, or they take uh. police officers hostage, and they put the cop who shot his son on trial. Um, they uh. they free some inmates from the jail and make them jurors, huh. and many of them, are, of course, are black and Latino. And they bring in some people off the street, and they and they and this whole hostage situation, which very tense and violent, potentially violent, of course. Huh. And meanwhile, the cameras are rolling and capturing this, and it becomes it becomes an opportunity for basically everyone in the cast to talk about everything about their thoughts on race and systemic injustice <laughs> and uh and 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 bigotry and it, it just becomes <laughs> in a way that kind of reminded me of paul haggis's crash just sort of a harangue kind of it just mm-hmm. a and and there's i there's a i'm trying to think about a way in which this movie might have worked you know if mm-hmm. if the writing were maybe more artful or maybe just less 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 didactic Hmm. Or if you didn't have this very distracting um, mock documentary kind of device where we're actually like, I would love to kind of see, I don't know, the the Romanian shot version of this movie where it's, <laughs> like, where it's actually more, where a lot of character right. where the realism is actually, right. paramount. of course, you know, a Romanian, you know, the same themes would not necessarily apply. <laughs> I, so I realize it's a ridiculous thing to No, to that's interesting. But I was just stylistically, my problem yeah. with it is, you know, w- large, uh, in some ways stylistically, it's just, it's very, um, it's, 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 the movie is a bludgeon. And there's some really, really terrible acting and terribly on the nose. And everyone, you know, everyone gives voice to their opinions with this sort of rhetorical force that just feels really unpersuasive. And so I think I think Parker is making I I completely agree politically with where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and he's and there is something there is something powerful about the idea of, you know, a a black man and a, a black community forcing, you know, a white officer to confront, and his and his colleagues to confront the the reality of of systemic injustice and and um and uh you know bias uh, mm-hmm. and systemic bias. Um, there is something powerful and even cathartic about that idea, and I think mm-hmm. that you it, know it's there are many people in my theater who were very much sobbing and really responding to the movie. Mm-hmm. But I just it felt so the. The mechanism just felt so phony to me from beginning mm. to end, really. Mm. So I just could not, yeah, could not uh, embrace it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it will be interesting to see what how this how this movie is you know it, it's playing in, and I don't think it's playing in other festivals, not in, in Toronto right. or or anything. So um, you know maybe it'll go elsewhere. Interesting, um, and it'd be interesting to see how if and when it will be seen again. Yeah, yeah. And what it does for Parker's career from here on out. He's yeah. still a good actor, though. He play you know I I. For someone who's on the screen the whole time, you know, you you do. He just has this incredibly charismatic presence that um, uh, is undeniable.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. This is uh, this one I get scot free. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. Because I still have to catch <laughs> up with it. I had to be, um, I had to be uh, writing something at the time. Um, but I, I want to see if we could um, move on to just one more movie. Um, since uh, there are quite a few this weekend that were, were of, of note. Um, and it's one I think people might be especially curious about because it's, it's hard to tell what it is or what it's about. Um, and I'm talking about uh, The Laundromat, um, from Steven Soderberg. And uh, this, I, I'll, I'll start off. I feel like I've been <laughs> <Please> <laughs> throwing <think. laughs> it to you, it's performing very valiantly and, and, and well. Um, so I hope to live up to that. Um, so The Laundromat is, okay, how do you how do you describe a movie like Laundromat? <laughs> um, I I really like this. It has this, it's just this sense of absurd and absurdist humor to it that I think really buoys bu- it. That's how you say buoy Buoys? Ta- <laughs> talk about a word you just <laughs> never like say You right. know, it's like never you, said. You, but I know how to pronounce mall. But <laughs>
2: boy
0: is kind of um, it makes it, it yeah. It buoys it. It it. Bu- it does, <laughs> it does. It does.
1: Um, <laughs> for the entire film. It is a movie um about um that is seeking to explain the panama papers yeah. um and 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 the history behind that um which is basically the you know the the expose of offshore accounts um in in Panama from a from a kind of data dump from i guess within uh, a company or firm there that just you know shown a spotlight on all sorts of people who were trying to avoid exactly that with hiding their money there um um including I think one or two film auteurs which we don't have to name um and uh just the, the extent of it is is you know surprising not surprising and that's kind of what the movie also plays with is, is how much of that um and it gives you these two of course enormously like charismatic sort of narrators to like explain your way through this um antonio banderas and, um, and gary oldman playing like these two employees in it's some a kind of law firm that just specializes in in being this kind of black hole. <laughs> you know, you pay them to forget for you um and to, to hide for you. And they're affiliated with um um uh, Jeffrey Wright has a is a character who kind of signs off is is what like this one of these like you know Uh, signatories to to things that uh, for like mailbox companies that don't even really even seem to exist. Um but what happens is the movie is this combination of like explanatory segments to camera by by Gary Oldman and um Banderas's characters um with I guess must be like a lot of um green screen work because it's I almost self-consciously because it's kind of funny. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um the backgrounds that they're in. Um and like the narrative of the story basically is um, Meryl Streep, who's freshly widowed from this boating accident um, is then trying to get an insurance payment and in trying to track down why that is not happening. She, you know, and and kind of classic, like naive investigator, um, tenacious investigator, she plunges down the rabbit hole with this. Um, And it's, I, I don't know. It's, I like the way that combines these two things of like explaining something complicated, but also taking the the, the viewpoint of like someone who doesn't really understand it and is being exposed to it for the first time. Um, and so that was all interesting. It's it's it's. I mean, it's kind of it's weird. It's like a post big short movie. I mean, I like to say that Steven Soderbergh is always very original. Uh, In this case, I think this is a movie that exists post the big short. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, admittedly he's done movies where he's like chopping things up and and, and reflexive, highly reflexive all throughout his career, obviously. Um, But the particular way that that this kind of works, I think is related to that.
2: It it totally is. I mean, Soderbergh, who, you know, is always making movies about, (laughs) obviously, you know, global capitalism and, and how that mm-hmm. plays out, often in different yeah. uh, generic contexts and and stylistic conceits, certainly. This movie I think is growing on me even as we <laughs> speak. It's weird because I, I don't think know that everything it tries is successful and you know sometimes you're in the first time you see it you're just trying to figure out where it's taking you, which is of course part of its charm as well. This yeah. this daisy chain sequence of events. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because even though Meryl Streep is the one who she's sort of the one who is she plays that role of the the innocent outsider, the naive innocent outsider, one of the meek as the movie keeps referencing the, the biblical passage of the meek shall inherit the earth, but mm-hmm. actually saying, no, the meek are screwed. Um, <laughs> it's, and, 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 right. and actually, we're all screwed, but the meek is the meeker or the most screwed. And so she is investigating this, but the movie does, she doesn't become this crusade or this, she doesn't uncover. She, it's like the movie slips in and out and goes and, the the narrators are really in control in terms of steering yeah. the story. She's not Aaron Brockovich. She is not. Aaron <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. She is, and the movie is it kind of. You no, know, I think kind of scoffs at that idea a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and instead it just it, new episodes are just sort of introduced, and we get to see things where it's only really through there because they are the the gatekeepers in a way, and the ones mm-hmm. who sort of know mo- where most of the bodies are are buried, and. Um, and, and and it's funny because you know Streep's portions of the movies because of of just who she is. They're the warmest and the most the ones where you empathize and you fall. But then there are all sorts of just different episodes too. Yeah, some very very darkly funny and 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 I I, I have to say though I I liked this better than The Big Short um, mm-hmm. because I and partly that's the elegance of the presentation mm-hmm. in a way. Even though he's doing a lot of things like breaking the fourth wall, mm-hmm. but Soderbergh just has this touch about how he does yeah. these he pulls off these devices, which might seem cutesy and coy in another person's hands and 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 that it may seem that way I think to to some people who who don't respond to it but i I think he's just so smart about the way he handles those conceits. There's just a deafness I can't even put my hand yeah. on it where it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's sneering at you it doesn't feel like you know haha look at this and and, and, yeah. and there's this one part where he's very very. Self-deprecating at one point, it's really funny. Um, Oh right, yeah, yeah, no, which uh, (laughs) is is worth discovering. Um, so yeah, it's 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 and it's one of his movies that you know I and I think this is very much him. It feels like a lark at times, even Mm -hmm. though what he's showing you is really horrifying.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean that's I'm I'm glad you 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 put it that way because I was just about to connect it with High Flying Bird. Which is the same kind of way. That's a movie that's almost phrased like a caper movie. Um, that the, the, you know, a kind of um, agent, kind of budding super agent, is um, you know, gaming the system and and making the game work work for him and his his client. Um, but actually, is is dealing with some very um, you know unsavory and um, systemic realities um, in a way that kind of have also played out on the public stage more. That's a movie that was almost between I don't know between beats of that kind of ongoing drama in in sports that's going on and race um so I I think that movie could be better appreciated um now um it could be the same with this one with the laundromat I don't know I mean I I think it's also I think this one's probably coming at a at a I don't know, kind of flashpoint period as well, it, so that'll that'll make people receptive to it, and and also yeah, I don't want to at all say that this movie like couldn't have existed <laughs> without The Big Short. Obviously, Soderbergh has owned a lot of this material material for for a long time, and um, like uh, two of the big things he's been working on since the beginning are kind of working out how intimacy works, which is not really what's happening here, but also um, just kind of working out, as you're saying, like capitalism commodification. It's it's strange. I mean, I, I hate like psychologizing people, but you know, for someone whose whose career was like birthed in a very like dramatic way and into the industry, it's funny that that kind of drama is of of, of like the kind of compromises and moral, you know, um, that the world is constantly is presenting us with. Um, this, of course, a lot of this is just downright shady and awful. So there's no question here. Um, but you know, it, it girlfriend experience, you know, that's kind of as like fuses a lot of his concerns um so the laundromat um i just want to also mention one of the yeah one of the episodes in the laundromat which yeah very much played as a lark but for me just got like creepier as it went on in like an effective way about a family with a kind of with a patriarch yeah Yeah, it's turned out to be like not only like monetarily shady but like you know maritally maritally shady and (laughs)
2: and uh yes it's it's really and i got really into that story it's so um it's really, it, it's it it's m- melodrama mm-hmm. played out. But yeah. it's uh, but then and it's very funny. And it the way it dovetails into the rest of the yeah um is the rest of the narrative um is just kind of heartbreaking. And um and the movie yeah. and it, it just again his touch is so light. He just kind of moves on from that and touch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you it, in a way that sort of mimics. I think just the way we. Process news, and we hear about the and and it, it doesn't. He's just so I think opposed to, yeah, sentimentalizing or or even just overemphasizing things. Yeah, and um, and yet, yeah, and there are a few, <laughs> and just the the playfulness of the movie, really, mm-hmm. and and even the, the 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 green screen, as as you were saying, the the sort of tongue in cheek use of that, mm-hmm. the way he uses scenery, and 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 there are. What he does stylistically, sort of, especially building up as the movie builds and toward its towards the end, there's there's some audacious uh, touches yeah. that he that I think play very nicely into just the themes of duplicity and um, and yeah. just the uh, yeah it's he's having fun yeah <laughs> while uh while also. Um, pointing out things that are really not fun at all
1: yeah um yeah, yeah. that's that's a, yeah. a good way to end it and the movie i i have to say has an ending um i won't say anything about yeah. but kind of takes it to another level um which you you know you may or may not agree with mm-hmm. but i have to say i was i was kind of refreshed with and found fairly bold um, i did too um and I,
2: have, I can't say that i've seen anything quite like that kind of an ending yeah where you feel like in a weird way it's almost like after this movie which has shown you know it's like i, I would just say the movie is about shells and you know shell mm-hmm. economy and shell you know and just the these these these, these these mailboxes and um and these these anonymous you know these completely worthless uh, holdings and and all of this stuff that is just hiding um hiding the emptiness beneath and now and the movie in a way sort of removes its own shells, I suppose
1: yeah, is worth saying. That's is really yeah, that's really great. That's perfect. <laughs> and I'll say it more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I I think that probably be- brings us to the to the end of our, our movie chatting for today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I just it seems worth mentioning that there was another movie, uh, Costa Gavras movie, that uh, Adults in the Room, that um, uh, kind of is, is trying to treat like financial realities uh, it's about the you know greek crisis uh, financial crisis and and creation of that crisis and what can i say I, I kind of was more receptive to the to the this the version of of financial machinations. I mean, f- for reasons far beyond the fact that then that it's Gary Oldman and, <laughs> and Tony Pedersen and I was like, I promise. Um, but we can talk about that other movie at another time. Um, we'll also talk about uh, Wasp Network, the Olivia Assize movie, uh, another surprising film. Um, and doubtless many more. Um, Emma, which is the Pablo Larrain film. As well, um, I think I think, yeah, there's de- definitely been a festival with a lot of films that were not what you might think. And hopefully teaches us all not to go in with many preconceptions and uh, about um, the the like filmmaker tendencies uh, and that sort of thing, because uh, they do can do um, surprise us. Um, but I will think I'll bring it in there. Justin, thank you for taking time. I'm sure you have to run off now on a boat. Somewhere. I have to get
2: on a boat uh, because they're having, the regatta race is happening, and so I need to get back oh, to yeah. Venice. Pro- the, we're on the Lido, and I need to, because the boats, the Vaporetto's stopped running. <laughs> so thank you, Nick, for being yeah. flexible with this. And, no, no. Thank, thank you for you. having me, as always. It's yeah. such a pleasure to talk and yeah. make sense of what we think yes because which needs to be done yes yes always and, uh, and I, I
1: always like ending a conversation with i have to get on a boat <laughs> so we <we'll laughs> yes, there exactly. and before i end it um i just want to try something new and maybe with a you know uh introduce a, a little segment uh, a little quiz segment um <laughs> it has to do with uh when you're at festivals and you're seeing lots of films uh often I don't know if it's that you, you get into this like analytical mindset where you're like noticing things all the time, but you often see well one movie and then two days later another like entirely different movie, nothing to do with the last one, and they'll have like the exact same device or the exact same like piece of furniture or something like that, and and it'll just it'll it's bizarre, um and and it begins to make you think that everything is connected, yes. um but at any rate so I thought we'd have I'd ask a little question here, Justin, if you'll humor me, um so, uh. The question for this is, um, which two movies
2: feature a character's arm getting sliced?
1: <laughs> okay, so which two movies feature a character's arm getting sliced? Okay, well, w- yeah, I mean, one is is, is is Adam Driver, you know, getting very, very bloody and in denial over his arm getting <laughs> sliced in Marriage Story. The other, oof, what would the other one be? <laughs> This is a very macabre. <laughs> one, I could just say Joker, figuring there's some scene I forgot. Oddly, it's not it's Joker. Not <laughs> you would think, right?
2: Well, maybe, maybe there is an arm slicing in that movie that I just missed. But I don't. Um, a, no, maybe. It's,
1: but. gosh. Oh, well. There's once who gets their arm mangled, and that's an Ad Astra. Oh my God, is there three? <laughs> three? You three? see, Wait, what oh, the arm? Which?
2: What happened? When did that happen in Ad Astra? Well, is
1: the, the... it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a thing. I I'm, I hope to preserve. Um, yes. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> so, well, what That's was this three? a trend Okay.
2: Well, the one I was thinking about <laughs> was in the Polanski film, "An Officer and a Spy." When at the oh. end there's a duel. Oh, he gets, <laughs> good <laughs> he one. He is not inflicting it on himself on okay. Adam Driver, All but right. um, and I, I, it, the actor is wonderful. I, I don't have his name handy. He plays uh, Henri. You know, and, oh yeah, um, he's terrific. He's really, really good, and it's 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 a duel. Okay. And, um, um, sorry, spoiler for that. Yeah. And I just noticed, and I was like, wow, something about arm mangling in this festival. There is a scene in um in the Polanski movie yeah, yeah. where um an arm gets
1: sliced. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not too graphically, but yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, there you go. Well. So I don't know if that's of interest to anyone other than us. But you can look, look out for them when they, they hit theaters, these strange convergences. Um, at any rate, um, I guess we'll wrap up there. Uh, thank you all for listening and tune in for the next episode. You've been listening to the Film Comet Podcast with music by Greg Angie. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Film Comment is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has featured in-depth features, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, art house, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com to purchase a print or digital subscription to Film Comment, or check out our app available on Android, iOS, or Kindle.
0: The new issue of Film Comment is out September 1st, featuring a special section on the 57th New York Film Festival, including Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, Pain and Glory, and Pedro Almodovar on his literary inspirations, Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story, Angela Shanalek's I Was at Home But, and Cornelio Poramboyu's The Whistler. Support independent non-profit film journalism today at filmcomment.com.